Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Covering the live betting angles for every game, this is VSIN Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number three of VEASAN Live Bet tonight. Coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here. Two hours down, one to go. Still a lot to come here on the show. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little college football look-ahead lines. Mm -hmm. We had our buddy Matt Grill on in the first hour to break down some of those lines. We'll get Wes's thoughts on those and which ones that we think could move before the games start on Saturday. Then also NFL trade deadline that's coming up next Tuesday. How to live bet some of these trade news that we get from the insiders over the course of this next week here. We'll discuss that. Then the wrap up the show, we'll have the World Series discussion between the Phillies and the Astros. Game yeah. one from Yeah, it's like Park. we're still playing that, by the it's, way. It seems it's the like longest it's been forever. <laughs> the you longest know, break you know, ever. I, I was hoping maybe we would get game one tonight, but... We are going to have to wait until Friday. And you know what? I was thinking about it, and I was like, God, why did the MLB do this? But I thought, I was like, you know what? Obviously, it's pretty clear that they wanted to try to avoid the NFL, right. especially on a Sunday. So they were like, all right, how do we stagger this? Let's start at Friday to have games one and two Friday, Saturday. Mm -hmm. Sunday be travel day. Then you have games three, four, and five, yeah. and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Now, you'll be going head-to-head -head with Monday Night Football, but at mm -hmm. least that's not going head-to-head -head with an entire Sunday slate when all anybody's thinking about is the NFL. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you could kind of see they're trying to maneuver yeah. that. So uh, game one, Nolan, Verlander. Game two, Wheeler and Valdez. Although game seven, oddly enough, would be on a Saturday night. Yeah, which that, is kinda, that's random because odd. usually it's during like a weeknight. <laughs> yeah, it's a Thursday or something like mm -hmm. that. Or, or maybe worst case, it's a Sunday. Mm -hmm. I mean, back in the day when the NFL would lay out for, for the World Series, they yeah, don't do that and, anymore. And you would think these, uh, <laughs> these uh, television programmers out there in uh, Hollywood would uh, go want to, you know, have this. Because, look, network TV ratings aren't what they used to be now with every, all these series on streaming. So uh -huh. it's like. Ratings like of the top shows, if you ever look at like the Nielsen ratings of the top network TV shows, these numbers would have gotten your ass canceled <laughs> like 20 years ago. And now it's like you run for seven or eight seasons. Like seriously. Yeah, it's bad. 
but that's the inventory that they have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you know, we're mm-hmm. all watching all sorts of different stuff these days. Um, and we're hope we're glad that you're watching us. Here yes, on thank you very much. Tonight. We appreciate your support. Yeah, don't get our show canceled, please. Uh, we would like this to continue on um, as the action in the NBA is continuing on between the Rockets and the Jazz. Utah leads it 92 to 86. And during the break, we we're talking about this when you have a little bit of yeah. bet regret not getting in on the Rockets. I do because it was at the end of the third quarter. I believe uh, I saw a max of 14 and a half. And I thought, man, that looks a little bit high here. And the Jazz had won all three quarters, by the way. And those are like little things that that I look at from time to time. I think, uh, yeah, the Jazz did win all three quarters. Won the first quarter by one, the second quarter by 11, the third quarter by two. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it seems like maybe this is the quarter where Houston's going to make a run. And they certainly have. 92 to 86 currently, eight minutes left to go at the Hive. Yeah, total looking at 217 and a half right now in that game. I played the second half over, and it's not looking great for me. Now it's still possible that it could mm-hmm. go ahead and hit, but when I'm looking at my app here to see how that is tracking for me, yeah, well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's, not, good, not it's amazing. good that the Rockets have at least made a run because, you know, then you could yeah. potentially get to some fouling as long as it's, you know, within reason and obviously a two-possession game. That hopefully, well within ho- reason. hopefully get some overtime. That'll be we got asked a question, actually, and let me go ahead and answer that. I apologize for not getting into it with the last segment. Mm-hmm. At Wizard of Odd Show on Twitter tweets us, uh, when betting second-half totals, do you only bet unders when the first-half total goes over and overs when the first-half goes under, mm-hmm. or do you ever take a second-half under if the first-half goes under? And to answer that, it's a great I, question. Like, no, it is, and and I do a fair share of zigzagging, and you know it's not going to work all the time. Some nights you're going to hit them all, sometimes you're going to lose them all. But I think that you know, as you get to the, especially as you get into deeper in the season when the numbers are more efficient, you know, when you start to get like when football's done, like in February, these numbers are going to be a hell of a lot tighter, and they're going to have a hell of a lot less volatility than they are right now. But yeah, sometimes I will go. I have to look at the situation though. I have to look at, okay, who's in foul trouble? You know, are they on like a third, you know, are, are they on, you know, a back-to-back or, or whatever situation? So every situation is unique. So I don't necessarily blindly do that where, okay, first half goes over, go second half under and you do a little zigzag or, you know, first half goes under and then you bet the over for the second half. I mean, I do my fair share of that, but you don't yeah. have necessarily have to do that exclusively. You got to look at the individual foul trouble. What's the dynamic of the game? Are you having officials that are very whistle happy? Kind of like what we saw, even though that did go under, I think uh, last night with uh, Ed Malloy mm-hmm. and his crew down there in Phoenix, you know, ejecting clay Thompson and, you know, a few different technicals there in the third quarter. So you do got to look and you do got to do a little box score examination, I think, instead of just, you know, you want to combine that, I think, with the market. Yeah, basically, you want to look at the market for sure, because if you're not, I think you're really doing yourself a disservice. And then you want to combine that a little bit with box score study, seeing if there's anything that stands out to you, if there's, you know, a shooting regression, either to the negative or to the positive. And then what's the foul situation? How's the game being officiated? And I think the further that point is just that a lot of times you'll see that zigzag theory, what you can do in game, that gets priced into those second half totals. Mm-hmm. Like just because everybody was shooting bricks in the first half, right. the book is going to kind of juice up that second half over anticipating that they're going to see a lot of that over money coming mm-hmm. in from betters thinking that, oh, the two teams combined to shoot 25% from the field. It has to be better in the second half. So it's not as it's not as easy as just zigzagging no, the way no, through. But no, it, it can not. hit for you, though, if you really dive in like yeah, you mentioned on absolutely. all the other factors. Absolutely, and I mean, there are certain, you know, little tricks, too. I mean, I kind of look and I go quarter by quarter a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily because sometimes you'll get like a first half over – and then the first quarter is going to be like 20 to 18 or something. And then in the second half, they're both scoring in the mid-30s. So those are usually ones that I'm kind of like, okay, I got to decide what the true pace of this game is. Was it what we saw in the second quarter or was it what we saw in the first quarter? So sometimes, you know, even if it didn't, you know, I'll take a pass in those situations. I look to see, like, for some consistency if you've had – 
two both high-scoring quarters or two both low-scoring quarters instead of where you have a ton of volatility like I was just given with that example a moment ago. Yeah, and I think for sides, I know the question was mainly about totals, but for sides as well, Mm -hmm. you you can kind of just get a feel for the game when you're watching it, and you can just tell which team is more engaged or which team – I mean, like last night with with Phoenix, I I took the plus one and a half when they were up at halftime, and a lot of people might – knee-jerk reaction be let me lay the one and a half yeah because State. it's like okay golden state's gonna come back and then you know phoenix ended up pulling away and i think you know you mm-hmm. trusted your kind of pregame handicap even though you didn't have a pre-flop bet like yeah this gonna mean something to phoenix yes this is not your average fourth game of the regular season you know where they're playing you know a random team like the pacers or something this is you know playing this is playing the warriors this is a team Hey, fellas, we know we might get these guys in the playoffs. Send a we message. We got to send a message yeah. that we're going to be here, that, you know, they can't just dismiss us and take us for granted. And Phoenix pulled away and pulled away big. Yeah. So, like, like a lot of things in betting, it's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. But uh, the zigzag theory definitely comes into play with getting some of those in-game bets as well. Because I know I definitely use it a lot yeah. in college basketball, but also I use it from game to game as well, like yeah. we talked about earlier. And, yeah, and, 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 you know, you could use it a little bit in football as well. But now one of the things like in football, though, that you want to look at, that's where you want to look at the market. And you can kind of tell what the key numbers are going to be based on certain mm-hmm. situations, you know, where they're going to land, you know, on, okay, a 21 for a total or a 24. Like your obvious numbers, not like – 25 and a half where it's kind of like split in the middle and i'm talking like totals <laughs> yeah uh for that situation so you can do that a little bit in football uh it's it's a little bit less i i don't want to say it's less numbers oriented because everything's numbers oriented but it's not as close necessarily as i think like the nba is going to be once the market gets more efficient later in the season yeah and no, i think that's an accurate assessment there because uh, the, the these seasons that are long marathons and there's mm-hmm. a lot of data mm-hmm. it's very numbered like baseball yeah. nhl and nba yeah. is very numbers and, based because there's actually a big sample size and and one of the things too we talk about like in second halves is you want to definitely read the market and you want to anticipate okay why is this getting bad you know why is this happening like you mentioned last night the warriors were getting bad that was a lot of people that probably were like, oh, I'm getting the Warriors four and a half now. I got to take him as an underdog. So you could kind of understand why that was happening. But sometimes, you know, if you see movement, if you're reading the Don Best screen or whatever screen you have and you're seeing a little bit of movement, why is that moving? Is that an individual handicap or is that guy's work in the middle? Mm-hmm. You know, if they have an under for a game and the first half went substantially over, not barely over, where it went like over by – you know, two scores or two plus scores, why are they taking the second half under? Well, they're probably more often than not doing that to try to middle that total and or that side, what have you. We saw that with Warriors Suns last night. Mm-hmm. The, the first half total flew over yeah. that first half. And then yeah. we said, just like clockwork, yeah. the middle, they're being worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you know, I followed along and I went ahead and played that second half under. It got there a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. But you can just tell, you know, when it goes over by a couple points and it's so borderline, that's hard. But when it goes over by like 15 or 20 points, you are going to have middlers. Yeah. So thank you for the question. Wizard of Odd Hopefully show. I answered it in yeah, my uh, long-winded uh, rambling way. It sparked a good discussion here on the show. We're always looking to analyze things and to answer questions. Make sure you're using the hashtag VEASAN live bet if you have a question or a bet we can analyze it talk about it here on the show and spark good discussion because i think always when you're betting live you want to have a couple tricks to the trade and kind of keep some things in mind so that you're just not spraying the board and wondering why you're not be able to hit so uh, we appreciate the input and the participation from wizard of odds show on the other side we're going to the gridiron baby talking some college football look at headlines what's gonna move we answer that question next Smart journalism, fascinating topics, words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All oh, my friends love it. I love that it's kids-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness... TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness, set your lineup, and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of $115,000 all season long. Guinness, made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for the details. Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet tonight. Coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We are at halftime at two games in the NBA, Wes. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, the Miami Heat and the Portland Trailblazers. That one went to half first, so we'll start that one first as the market has already begun to populate in that game. Heat leading the Blazers 61-56 using kind of a rally at the end of the first half yeah. to take that five-point lead. But the consensus number right now, Portland – Half point favorites dancing between Pickham and one with a total of 107 and a half. Yeah, nice little run for Miami uh, to end the uh, first half. I believe it was a 12-4 uh, run uh, to be exact to go ahead and end that first half. So 61-56, uh, to 56, Miami leading the Portland Trailblazers uh, and uh, uh, leading all scorers. Uh, Max Struess, the uh, man out of DePaul with 13 mm -hmm. off the bench for the Miami Heat. Much better offensively tonight, 44% uh, from the three, 51% from the floor. Said maybe the Blazers are the elixir, that Blazers defense, to get this heat <laughs> offense going, which has not been going, which has absolutely struggled to go ahead and start the season. Uh, for uh, Portland, Damian Lillard with 16, uh, Jeremy Grant with 11. They lead the scores. Portland, by the way, not shooting very well from the three, five of 19. Uh, and... Both of these have 59 points in the first quarter, 58 in the second quarter. So that would be ahead of pace. But I don't know necessarily if I'm looking to go in on the under at this standpoint. Mm. Like uh, the, the man Wizards of Odd Show asked, and we answered that in the last segment. The numbers would say, okay, if you want to do a little bit of a zigzag, then go ahead and go under for the second half. This did go over, by the way, in the first half, 112 and a half was the total both quarters went over respectively 59 in the first 58 in the second so i don't know if i necessarily want to do a zigzag in in, in this spot because I, I think the heat offense has been very good the portland defense uh you know struggling a little bit uh very young uh you know especially if the heat can post up their like bigger guards not that mm -hmm. kyle lowry is a giant either but you know, if they can get those uh, bigger size guards slash wings like Jimmy Butler, yep. you know, like Duncan Robinson, those are tough covers for some of those smaller Blazer guards. 
Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's a no play for me here with yeah. the second half. Just, yeah, and I'm just really gonna and sometimes I'm just gonna sit on what I got. I got Heat money line minus one forty. Portland, good. I think uh, pick them. I'm seeing maybe some minus a half yep. for the second half, but uh, as of now, I'm staying on the sidelines. Well, what about the Denver Nuggets and the Los Angeles Lakers? Right now, we're tied at fifty four. Anthony Davis was able to get a layup at the buzzer in that game. So in the second half market, Denver three and a half point mm-hmm. favorites with the total coming in at 117, the consensus number here. Denver was, was up double digits with about two and a half left to go. Yeah. Lakers end on a 13 to three run there to uh, go ahead and end the first half. Uh, just looking at some of the numbers here. AD with 16, Lonnie Walker with 11 to lead the Lakers for the Nuggets. Uh, Bruce Brown with 16, Jokic with 13. So, uh, this is where I look at like the shooting percentages. Lakers forty eight percent, Denver forty three and a half percent. Neither team from the three shooting very well. Four of sixteen for the Lakers, five oh. of twenty one for the Nugs. Uh, Lakers only two of five from the foul line. Nuggets uh, nine of eleven. Nuggets winning the rebound edge, but uh, Lakers uh, winning the points in the paint battle thirty six to twenty eight. Largely due, of course, to AD fast break points. A little bit on the Denver side fifteen to twelve. So look. Uh, had 54 points end up being scored in the first half. Uh, what was that total? I think it was 114, 113 and a half. So it did go under the total. Lakers get it in a backdoor for the second half, but it's, wow, 117. Okay, 230 and a half, by the way, was mm-hmm. the closer pre-flop on this total. So this And, would and make it, got, it, it got bet up yeah, to pre-flop. This would make it 225, I think. A uh, little bit of higher score in second quarter, 60 points, only 48 in the first quarter, but you're looking, they still got 108 points with the two teams shooting 25 and 24% respectively from the three. So now I got to say, okay, is that going to continue for the whole game for the Lakers? Yes. Yeah. And so, and, and, so, and sometimes it does, you know, sometimes it doesn't change, you know, yeah. different directions here uh, to uh wizard of Acho's point. Uh, but I would lean a little bit over, in the second half, just because I think the three point shooting, I mean, look for the Lakers, it might stay the same, but I'm like, can they get to 30% or 35% (laughs) from the three? At least that would be an improvement, but yeah, both, both of these teams not shooting very well. And you still had a 60 point second quarter. I I think I kind of lean toward the Lakers Mm -hmm. getting the points and maybe the under in this spot. Uh, And I know what you mentioned with the two teams shooting so poorly, but I think if the Lakers are to win this game, it, it feels like it has to be kind of played in that right. 105, kind of yeah. like 110 max range, I feel like, for the Lakers to win. Because I don't think the Lakers are going to go ahead and outscore the Denver Nuggets with Jokic it and all those guys. It doesn't it, seem like they can, obviously, yeah. the way that they shoot the basketball. But yet, if you've watched the Lakers a little bit this season – I do think that they are trying to get a little bit more up and down, and they're probably going to try to do it tonight considering the Nuggets allowing 123.1 per 100 points of possession. Uh, You know, I just think the Lakers, the offense, it's not great what we've seen in the first half, but it seems to flow a little bit better without Russ out there. And I think they're willing to get in transition. I think, uh, what was it, number two highest rate of transition frequency so far this season at 21%. But as JVT pointed out in his write-up, not very efficient necessarily Mm -hmm. in those possessions, but at least uh, trying to get up and down the floor, especially against a bad Denver transition defense. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think, I don't feel confident in either one. Yeah. I've already so, got I've already got two preflop sides yeah. here, so I'm I'm gonna stick with what I got. I've got Lakers five and a half, and you look, you're starting to see some threes, so they are getting bet here for the second half. Are, yeah. And it's like that's where you got to judge. It's like, did they take momentum? You know, did mm-hmm. they when when they were down ten, and then they you know they close uh, on, on a nice little run here to uh, end the half. I think it was a thirteen to three run in that final two and a half minutes. So. That's what you that that's what you got to look at is like that momentum real or did Denver let up or what have you here? I think probably the Lakers got a little bit of momentum there and look that was my side and I'm gonna stick with it. No, I, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, for me, I'll just it'll be a night where I don't have a play. Yeah, um, and, and, and that's you know, okay. Sometimes that's like you said, 
There's always okay. games tomorrow. And that's okay. There's <laughs> always games tomorrow, kid. <laughs> By the way, a second half total in Portland is getting bet to the over. First yeah. half went over. They're going ahead and double dipping here. Now starting to see 108 and a half in the market. So it's not always the zigzag mm-hmm. like we talked about. You, you, sometimes if it's a game that looks like it's just going to go over, yeah. you go ahead and, 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 and take and, the and second And is help. it to the point where people are thinking, okay, you know, Miami was due. My, my Miami was due for a good offensive game. And I hate to handicap like the due factor. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you, you know, you may phrase it a little bit of a different way. Miami had just been, you know, kind of putrid in terms of their offense to really start the season. But we know this team is capable. We know that they're very well coached. Spo is one of the better coaches in the league that eventually that they're going to get it right. It's just they kind of came out a little shaky this year with that uh, one and three start for Miami and, you know, got beat on opening night by the Bulls at home and then uh, uh, went ahead. Uh, yeah, they blew out New Orleans, by the way. Uh, or that was a preseason game. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Lost their first two games at home to Chicago and Boston, then hung on and beat the Raps, and then the Raps beat them. So they've had four games at home to start the season. So, you know, that's what we talk about. It's like sometimes when you have a losing streak, the best thing is for a team to go on the road. Yep. Get away from it. Uh, I think that served Miami well so far through one half of play. Also of note here, Wes, there's a little disagreement in this second half market for mm-hmm. the Lakers and the Nuggets. I'm seeing some three-and-a-halves pop up once again because they all yes. got bet down to three. Now our buddies at the Westgate, they just moved back to three-and-a-half mm-hmm. here in this game. So there's a little bit of a push-pull yeah, going Yeah, circa on. now three minus 15, bet MGM at three, South Point at three. There are some three-and-a-halves at some faraway places, also at minus 105. Mm-hmm. Uh, stations three and a half minus a dollar twenty on the Denver side. Oof. So uh, apparently, uh, and and we mentioned you know Pumping that they them. yeah they cater kind of to like your more average Joe, maybe more public betters, and those betters don't feel confident in the Los Angeles Lakers because I know there's probably plenty of fans around the Valley at stations right now. Yeah, <laughs> they've seen a lot of Laker basketball. That's the team yeah. that we get the Laker games locally here, Lakers mm-hmm. and Clippers, and so far. It's not, it's not been good from what we've seen from this Laker team, but I do find that fascinating that apparently once that got down to three, some people yeah. were interested in going no, ahead and no, getting the back thing, to Denver. The thing about the Laker fans, and I'm not trying to judge everybody, but they'll be a little fair weather. When they stink, they ain't interested. No. and, and, and or, or they're interested in betting against them. Yes. It's uh, kind of like the Raider fans as well. They're an honest mm-hmm. fan base. There's a lot of honest fan bases. Now, there are some dishonest ones out there as well that will bet their teams regardless in the NFL. Yeah, uh, we'll, and, we'll, we'll talk about and those. And they'll have a lot of losing tickets if they take that approach. It happens. Believe it or not, it happens. All right, I promise college football we'll talk about it on the other side as well as some NFL trade deadline tips here on VSIN Live Bet Tonight. Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Basketball season tipped off last week, and so did all the basketball promotions on BetRivers Online Sportsbook. BetRivers is the place to go for the latest odds, lines, and unique promotions like our weekly same-game parlays. Place three or more same-game parlays each week to receive a free $10 basketball free bet during October and November. Go to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today. It's a whole new game. Welcome back. This is VEASAN Live Bet Tonight. He's Wes Reynolds. I'm Femi Abebefe. We're hanging out here at the Circa Resort and Casino. Looks like we've gone final in Salt Lake City with the Utah Jazz besting the Houston Rockets 109-101, to 101, which spread drama in that one right yeah, there with, and, with Utah and, laying 8.5. You know, depend, depending on where you bet it, by the way, because yeah. this could close 8.5, uh, some 8s in the market. But there were some 7s out there in 7.5, mm-hmm. so uh, early – Early you got there late, you know. More often than not, you want to fade the steam late than you want to necessarily follow it. So uh, Rocket's going to get another cover because what we were talking about with that revenge angle a little bit, that it does get baked in the line because the, you know, the short-term revenge angle, I should say. Yeah. When, of course, uh, Houston did beat Utah down in H-Town on Monday, and then they go ahead and play them tonight. So... Closing number, Houston's going to get there. But in another game, it did work as well. San Antonio and Minnesota. Spurs won in, in Minneapolis on Monday night. They do not cover tonight. They do cover the second half, which was a winner for us. But nine and a half, uh, T-Wolves were getting bet, and they got the cover 134-122. 
I'm looking at some of the props right now here from the Houston Rockets. Jalen Green went under his points prop of 23 and a half. He ended with 17. He goes over the rebounds with mm-hmm. seven. That was set at four and a half. And the assist, he goes under there of three and a half. He only had two assists and two made three-pointers going under on those as well. Kevin Porter Jr. goes over on the points. So does Laurie Markkinen, Jordan Clarkson for the Utah Jazz. He went over as well. And then Kelly Olynyk went under mm-hmm. 14 and a half. Only had yeah, four uh, points. Decent scoring off the, off the uh, Jazz bench tonight. Uh, Malik Beasley with 14. Uh, THT. Former uh, Laker legend, uh, Jalen Horton Tucker. Uh, <laughs> Untouchable, THT. Yeah, yes, he does have 14 off the bench. Uh, Eric Gordon, I, wish, I, I like that prop over one and a half, just kind of was staring at it on the screen, and he does get two threes tonight. But, uh, yeah, uh, uh, just looking at this, uh, you know, Jazz, you know, a little bit, little bit more size, at least down low tonight, 53 rebounds, only 49 for the Houston Rockets, but Houston got in there for you late. They made a nice run. This was actually a one-possession game with a couple minutes left to go. So that wraps up that game, 109-101. The Jazz go ahead and beat the Rockets. I believe I'm a loser on the second half over, unfortunately. Yes, that is a loser. Only 100 points scored in the second half. I went over 112.5, so... Take a small loss, quarter unit loss, but mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, we went ahead and won last night, so uh, yeah, of the game. On, on to the next. Uh, one <laughs> hockey next. game still going on, too. 13 left to go in the second period. Tampa Bay Lightning 2-1 to one over the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Uh, minus 1.5, minus 105 on the Lightning if you want to take the goal and a half. Minus 125 on the Ducks. Seven juice to the under here at minus 160 and uh you know kind of what we thought last night it was Vasilevsky that ended up going even though they lost to the Kings they're not going to play him on a back-to-back out in LA so uh Brian Elliott uh so far in the goal I believe uh Stamkos already has a power play tally tonight and he has five on the season all right well while we have a little bit of downtime here with the NBA and NHL games uh, wanted to discuss the college football look-ahead lines for Week 10. We had Matt Grill on from DraftKings, the trading manager for DK, in the first hour talking about some of these look-ahead lines. Matt was giving us his uh, analysis and how they came up with some of these numbers, Wes. And let's go ahead and break these down and try to find out which ones are going to move, which ones are likely to move between now and reopen come Sunday morning for us on the West Coast, Sunday afternoon for our crew on the East Coast. And the game that a lot of people are really looking forward to next week is in Athens between the hedges between Tennessee and Georgia. Mm-hmm. The Bulldogs right now, 11.5-point favorites. But we have Tennessee that's hosting Kentucky this week here. Where do you think this line ends up going on reopen? Do you think that if you're interested in the Vols, do you have to take that now, or can you wait after Saturday? I kind of, if I'm if I'm doing my read right this week, uh, and look, the market has come in a little bit on Kentucky. I do agree with that move. Uh, Tennessee right now is laying 12.5 to Kentucky. I think Kentucky's going to stay within that number. So if you think that that is going to happen, then maybe you would want to look at the, at the Bulldogs a mm-hmm. little bit. Now, if Tennessee, let's say they beat Kentucky and it's a close game, does that wake them up? You know, and say, okay, fellas, we got Georgia on deck because it kind of feels a little bit like Georgia. And, and yeah, Georgia actually went to number one, but, uh, you know, kind of coming close to maybe that they are going to uh, drop in the polls. And I believe they are still number one in the AP and still number one in the coaches, but the gap is a little bit narrowed. And look, we're all looking at that showdown could be three versus one, you know, depending on what happens with Ohio state, they're stuck in between them in that sec sandwich. But I kind of think if Tennessee plays a close game, you're going to see Georgia get bet on the openers. Yeah. And and you can easily see that go to 13 or 13 and a half. I think similarly here with Clemson and Notre Dame, if Notre Dame goes ahead and loses and fails to cover against Syracuse, maybe you see Clemson laying six and a half or mm-hmm. potentially even seven when it reopens tomorrow. So like, it's almost like if you like Syracuse to go ahead and right. win, you should go ahead and lay Clemson. But if you like the Fighting Irish to win as an underdog at the Carrier Dome, mm-hmm. you should probably grab some five and a half now. Here no, no, I'm, with, I'm with you. If you look at what Clemson has done this year, they did cover against Georgia Tech on uh, Labor Day, but – it took a while for them to get over the number. Didn't cover against Furman, won by 28 over Louisiana Tech, and then had to go two overtimes at Wake Forest. So Clemson's been covering their fair share of games. 
but they haven't really been covering by a lot. That NC State mm-hmm. game, I think they barely got over the number. Easily beat Boston College 31-3. to They did cover against Florida State, but Florida State made a nice little comeback and actually probably could have taken the lead late, but a questionable decision by Mike Norvell down there at the goal line. And then we saw Clemson had to hang on, and it was reminiscent of a few years ago. I think it was Syracuse as a big underdog down there in Death Valley. And remember that's the game where Kelly Bryant got pulled and Trevor Lawrence got put in as a freshman, yeah. and then all of a sudden – are we getting the same thing with Klubnik and uh, DJ Uwe I don't know yet. Dabo came out and said, hey, DJ's our quarterback. And, uh, you know, I take him in his word that he's being honest. <laughs> he there, said sometimes Steph one. Curry goes two for 25 from yeah. the field. As yeah, so, you know, he's taken up for his guy, <laughs> I think, here. But uh, Clay Kubnik is going to be warming up in the bullpen, shall we say. So I think DJ's the quarterback, but I think the leash is at least a little bit shorter if they get in trouble. We kind of saw that in the game against Syracuse last week. And uh, kind of some unfortunate calls, actually, that went against Syracuse. They didn't get a friendly whistle, I don't think, down there in Death Valley in the second half. No, they definitely did not. On a couple of those unnecessary roughness penalties. But of the list of games that we have here, which one do you think is most likely to move between now and Sunday? Mm, just looking at – because this is where you got to handicap this week and kind of uh, look into next week. Uh, like I was saying, I think Tennessee-Georgia – if that Tennessee game ends up being close, I think that that for sure is, it has is like 13. Or yeah, something like I think it has to move because is that the quote unquote show them who's boss game? You know, Johnny come lately in Tennessee versus Johnny been here in Georgia. I know Georgia hasn't been winning sexy, though. They haven't been covering, mm-hmm. you know, they've covered a couple big numbers. But, you know, that Missouri game where they were down 10 in the fourth quarter. So, you know, there's this bye week refocus those guys. So I think that's something you want to look at. And then, uh, oh, sorry, they have cocktail party on Saturday. Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh, so, yeah so, Georgia so, doesn't have a bye week. So, yeah, so they have a rivalry game this week yeah. and also another one next week as There's well. so many of these that I forget. <laughs> it's like if I haven't bet them, I don't know that they exist. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, uh, and, and a little bit of movement on Georgia, or on Florida here, 23 down to 22 and a half. It's pretty much where it was though on the opener, maybe a little tick up a point and a half or so to the over. But I do think that if Tennessee either number one, if they lose, you know, even, even if they stay, you know, maybe they win by seven or something Mm -hmm. like that. You'll see a little tick upwards to Georgia. Yeah. I I, I think that it's, it's hard to predict which of these is going to move, but I would guess Georgia is the one that's most likely to move in the Bulldogs favor as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Also, gosh, Texas, Kansas State, that's a, that's a weird one that I feel like it just feels like a lot of people are going to grab those points. Right. And if, if you want to go ahead and get ahead of that, you should probably do and, it now and bet K-State and, plus and, four. And K-State, by the way, is favored over Oklahoma State, who rebounded from yeah. their, their first loss against, uh, uh, who was it the week before, against uh, TCU. Yep. So the overtime loss. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kansas State is, and I think that they have been historically, at least under Chris Kleeman in recent years, They've been a little bit better as an underdog. Mm-hmm. I, I think, especially at home in Manhattan and the Little Apple mm-hmm. against Texas, I think this is a spot that a lot of people have circled. And all week long leading up to this game, you're going to hear about how Texas has not been good on the road. Right. Ewers' stats on the road and all that stuff. So I think if you like the Wildcats, you should probably go ahead and take that four and a half now because that could reopen. Maybe Texas is laying two and a half, one and a half, somewhere around there. If K-State goes ahead and takes care of business this week against Oklahoma State. All right. On the other side, we wrap up the show. Final segment, talking a little NFL, also some World Series. We'll get you up to date on the NBA and NHL. It's VEASAN, my bet tonight. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. 
Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. This is VSIM Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe and Wes Reynolds, live from the Circus Sportsbook on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get in on football action this season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Football Extravaganza. Compete free for a share of $55,000 in two ways. Predict what will happen in three college football pools, then make your picks for eight fantasy NFL contests. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu NFL now to play free. Hulu Plus Live TV. Like cable, only better. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for the details. Welcome back. This is the final segment of VSIN Live Bet tonight. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We're hanging out here at Circa. Coming up at the top of the hour, the Greg Peterson experience with our buddy Greg Peterson as he wraps up the day in sports here, Wes. But uh, before we wrap up and put a bow on all of this, uh, first of all, what the hell has happened to the Los Angeles Lakers? They now trail 83-65 to in Denver right now. Nuggets laying 12.5, total 221.5. Yeah, this this Laker team, man, I I, I don't know. I, it's I, rough. Maybe, I mean, look, still some time left, but I thought, okay, maybe this was the night for these guys. But I, they just uh, – what, what what did I say that they were at the half from three-point range? 25, I believe, yeah, somewhere around Yeah, they've there. dipped. Uh, four of 19 <laughs> now. They dipped. haven't made one in this quarter, 21.1. <laughs> Denver's made a couple. They're all the way up, yeah. and I think they just did another one there. Uh, 26.9%. Who is down uh, for the Denver Nuggets? Uh, somebody, I'm not uh, sure. Yeah, yeah let, me, let me check. Uh, somebody took a hard fall there for this team, so – yeah, the Denver Nuggets, they lead at 83-65, left to go there in the first or in the third quarter. I believe I that was uh, former Laker KCP. Oh, kind it was of, a Contavious uh, Caldwell Yeah, Pope. we'll see. Uh, we'll, well, you know, they went to break, so <laughs> we'll really try, to, try to get an update there for you. But nevertheless, 83-65, 308 left to go, minus 12 in the hook <clears> for Denver, <throat> 221 and a half on the total. Meanwhile, up in Rip City, it's Miami mm-hmm. that's ripping the nets here, 92-80 to 80 over Portland, about 30 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Heat minus 11.5, 227.5 half on your total. There you go. Heat culture, getting it done out so, there so, in the Pacific So Northwest. as of right now, this might be a split on the late games for me personally with the heat getting there, and uh, I don't really have a lot of faith in the Lakers to come back. You never know. But. Yeah, that's it. it's the NBA. You never know. What is Sean King? He says that the, the game doesn't start until five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And, and, and you know, if I wasn't in this studio, if I was just like at, at home, uh-huh. I usually, a lot of times with NBA games, sometimes I'll watch a game start to finish. A lot of these times, man, I don't watch. 
until like five <laughs> minutes left to go because it's like that's where the wager is going to be decided on most of these yeah. games. <laughs> it's like you can go ahead and get your big swings all up and down mm-hmm. the first three quarters, but then when five minutes to go in the game mm-hmm. is when it gets down to the nitty-gritty. Well, Wes, let's get down to the NFL trade deadline because that is rapidly approaching. Coming up this upcoming Tuesday, the NFL trade deadline, November 1st, I believe it's 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific time is when teams can make a trade or they can they can no longer make trades after mm-hmm. that deadline right there. And we've seen some deals already happen so far. I know we saw James Robinson go from the Jaguars over to the New York Jets. Today we saw Robert Quinn go from the Chicago Bears to the Philadelphia Eagles. Last Thursday when we were doing the show, McCaffrey gets traded to the 49ers during the Thursday night football game. Then the Dallas Cowboys traded for Raiders defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins. So we're starting to see some trades happen in the NFL. I'm sure we'll get some more with some other names that are being floated around there. But what tips do you have for our viewers and listeners about what they should be looking for and how they should go about betting on this news of the trades Mm. that are happening up until the deadline? Yeah, I mean, and look, we only got a couple, so I'll try to use these as the examples that we have. Uh, Obviously, Robert Quinn... I don't think he's the player that he was maybe no. three or four years ago. I think he's a good complimentary piece for a really good team. Yeah, situational. That rusher. is strengthening a strength, really, for Philadelphia. They are bringing him in there to be a third down rusher. And that's exactly what they're doing. This is not a guy he's now, I think, what is he, 32 now? Mm-hmm. So that that's what they're doing. So, you know, in terms of uh, how Philadelphia is going to be, they, they've got, I think, a pretty darn good defense. And you know, just need to get more pressure on the quarterback because I think they're looking at what your Dallas Cowboys are doing. That's what they can do as well as anybody Mm -hmm. is get pressure on the quarterback. And then that translates to Jonathan Hankins. They're bringing him in there to be a run stopper. Yep. Because that's where Dallas, because, and I'm going to tell you why that they did that. And this is something where you, when you watch these games, you observe things. The Philadelphia game on Sunday night, when Dallas made that comeback, it looked like it was over in the second quarter. I Hell, I thought it was over. I was like, this is done. They're going to route these guys. And then Dallas comes back and cuts it to three. What does Philadelphia do? Gash them. Run it right down their throat, as uh, Chris Collins' words was saying. And, and uh, you know, absolutely. Ab- <laughs> he said something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, of <laughs> yeah. course. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's what they did. They were able to run it on Dallas. Yeah. And they were able to get like little. I mean, I don't. I, that was a long drive too that they mm-hmm. capped off with the touchdown. You know, little four and five yard gains here to Miles Sanders or to Gainwell or Jalen Hurts on a design run, and that's what they were able to do is just run on them. So you need a big run stopper, I think, and some depth there in the middle. And Hankins certainly provides that. Yeah, and and for the Cowboys, I'm sure they're thinking about. Hey, we we always hear defensive coordinators say. You have to earn the right to rush the passer. Mm-hmm. And earning the right to do that is by stopping the run and getting teams yes. in those passing situations. Yes. So I mean, that's the weakness look, for Dallas. You've, you've got the next freaking Lawrence Taylor in Micah Parsons, okay? And he, he is and he can cover player. a lot a lot of uh, deficiencies, which I don't think Dallas has really that many on defense. Defense won him the game against Detroit, forcing yeah. all those turnovers. But when you've got such a special player like Parsons, I mean, he is so much. I thought he was going to be very good. He is so much better he's, than I thought he yeah, was going to be. He's fantastic. Yes. And every year he's getting better and better, which is the scary mm-hmm. thing for, mm-hmm. for the NFC East opponents and the opponents in the future for the Dallas Cowboys because he is that guy to take the reign as the best defensive player in the NFL. Right now the favorite to be the defensive player of the year uh, over at any sportsbook that you look at. But the trade deadline, it's interesting just because I don't think you're going to see players traded that move the needle from a point spread standpoint. Mm-hmm. Now, one can make the argument that maybe McCaffrey is about worth a half a point. He, he here, maybe is. He is but, certainly the only one on that list. Look, yeah. I think Robinson, and that's going to be interesting going forward with Jacksonville because Robinson was a guy that had such a good rookie year. You know, and, yeah. and I'm pointing him out. He was traded, of course, to the Jets with Brees Hall. Um, now, the rookie from Iowa State being out for the rest of the season. But like with Robinson, I don't think it affects the spread, but. I'm wondering how it affects a previous team, how it affects the Jaguars. Remember he had that really good rookie year, then the Urban Meyer regime comes in and he gets benched. Yeah. And Urban Meyer goes with this old Buckeye, Carlos Hyde, who, Just you know, nah, yeah, who was obviously a drop-off and passed his prime from Robinson. They draft ATN out of Clemson. And what did Ur- I think Urban even, uh, you know, said the quiet part out loud. He's like, yeah, we would have rather had Kadarius Toney. 
So either way, that ingratiates yourself with uh, two running backs there. But Robinson got benched last year, and then he comes back this year, and it seemed like he was a well-liked guy in that locker room mm-hmm. and in that clubhouse. And now you get now he's traded, and now all of a sudden these Jaguars that have won a co- lost a couple games in a row, you know, after they started out two and one, where we're like the Jags are for real. How are they going to react now seeing uh, some of their guys being basically traded off and sold off? I, I think one thing that I'm looking forward to seeing with this trade deadline and thing that it could change kind of how the rest of the season plays out is some of these wide receivers mm-hmm. and the wide receiver needy teams like the right. Green Bay Packers right. that are some teams out there. I mean, you know, Chase Claypool's been talked about, DJ Moore mm-hmm. in Carolina potentially, mm-hmm. also Elijah Moore and with the Jets who yeah. asked for the trade, yeah. Brandon Cooks. Is also so, on that list. So as those well. will have like little bit of movements. You know, yes. those might be like half point movements here and there, but I don't think anything substantial unless you yeah. obviously get a huge quarterback going. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or who knows? There could be a big playmaker that gets traded that mm-hmm. where that's not being talked about. Right. It could be a cra- like surprises happen right. coming the trade deadline. I mean, I don't think it'd be anticipated Von Miller being traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. I know there have been kind of some whispers about Von Miller, but nothing that, like, the Rams getting involved in that right. last year. And that helped right. them win the Super Bowl yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, and I'm going to – I'm thinking um, – I'm interested to see. It's not going to affect numbers or anything, but how many offensive linemen are on the move? Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't think that there's a lot out there necessarily because no. there's a lot of teams that need offensive line help. If the offensive lineman is good – their team is not looking to trade them. Right. right. <laughs> That's the No, I don't deal. exactly think the Colts yeah. are going to like trade Quentin Nelson or something no. here, even though they did commit $20 million a year to him, uh, <laughs> paying a lot for an offensive guard. Uh, before we get back to NFL, one quick update from Portland. Uh, mm-hmm. Damian Lillard out for the rest of the game with a right calf strain. Nope, so that's, he that's not, will not, not be returning heat, I believe, leading by 14 heading into the fourth. Quarter. Yeah, right now Miami, 14 and a half point favorites, total 228 and a half there in that game. Uh, real quick, Wes, we got 40 seconds left. The World Series, uh, Astros laying 185 on yeah. the series price, Phillies plus 160. Who's going to win well, this Well, Mattress Mack and hedging. I guess apparently there was a book, uh, Win, who uh, contacted him if he was interested. He's like, no, go Astros. Go Astros. <laughs> but – I don't know. You know, I think with the Phillies, that those top two, Wheeler and Nola, those are two aces. They can steal at least one of those games down in Houston. And maybe the Phillies are just that team. This is a team that, you know, lived off beating the Washington Nationals, couldn't beat their division rivals, the Mets and the Braves. I think they went 13-25. and 25, But they're a different team now. You like the Phillies to win the series? I may have a small piece of that. All right. I think the Astros do it in six, but... We'll see what happens starting on Friday. For Wes Reynolds, I'm Femi Bebefe. For the entire crew here at Circa, wishing you all the best of luck. The Greg Peterson Experience coming up next. Check out the new betting splits feature on VEASAN.com before you place your next bet. Every day, we post the latest splits with the percentage of bets and money on teams and total for each game. Track which teams are seeing the most tickets written, and if the public action matches the money coming in on matches the money coming in on matches the money coming in on matches the money. Hey Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.